0: Hello and welcome to Flamenco Attitude. This is the podcast where we bring you all things flamenco. And I would like to say hello and welcome to our new listeners and also a warm welcome back to our returning listeners. You would know that we cover literally everything from the genre of flamenco, from music to dance and um Cueing into today's episode, I would invite you to listen back if you would like to our episode called "To Our Season Finale: The Future of Flamenco Young Artists." Because today we're going to dis- discuss the life of somebody who became an overnight sensation. Potito was a prodigy when he emerged on the music scene, and he worked with absolutely anybody who is anybody in the world of guitar. And Marcos was probably the first person who played him on the BBC. So we're going to dive into the incredible music that Potito brings us. This is the episode which I probably will call an overnight sensation in Flamenco.
1: Well, I think first of all, we should explain why is he called El Potito. What is El Potito? Well, Potito is really a word for baby food. You know, uh-huh. the little baby food you get in it, a very The
0: names are my favourite. It's favorites. a very interesting
1: word, word from, from America del Sur. Um, typical potito. Uh, we presume because he was just a very cute little boy, it was called potito. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about him being an amazing talent. Well before he recorded, obviously he was becoming very very well-known, you know, particularly in the city of Sevilla. And the amazing thing is that he gets to record a record. Uh, in in, um, 1990, because he comes under the wing of none other than Pepe de Lucia, uh, one of Paco's brothers. And Pepe is a very distinguished singer. Um, he, He used to be, when Paco was alive, in the Paco de Lucia sextet. He's a great singer, but he's also a composer, arranger, things like that. So he took Botito under his wing, got him an amazing... Uh, contract you can see he's mm-hmm. a very young man in that beautiful l p yeah, and you can't believe it, galia when you go through it on the on the back the all the, the accompanies i will read out so imagine each track who's he got for to company, accompany him in the first track, Paco de Lucia, yeah, tomatito Vicente amigo Isidro Munoz that's the brother of Manolo San luca Manolo Franco, the all time winner of the guitar the, of the BNL Rafael
0: Kenny
1: Yeah so Rafael Kenny Enrique Del Melchor, Moraito Chico. I mean can you believe that
0: But how did that happen how did everybody decide to record with him
1: Because because he was a wonderful talent and he was a, he was under the wing of Pepe De Lucia and obviously, Pepe could call in favours. Now that you know, when you make an album, normally you've got one or two guitarists.
0: Yeah, but yeah. he has a different one on every single <laughs> different track. one on every
1: track. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I first got that record, I thought, "Wow, this is absolutely incredible!" Because that must have been strategically quite difficult to arrange mm-hmm. to get to get them all.
0: Andando por los caminos is the very it, first. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
1: So I mean, you know, and as you said, you already mentioned, um, I was producing and presenting programmes on Radio 3. And I thought we've got to introduce our audience to this young man of 14 who's made the most stunning record. Uh, And obviously he wasn't phased by working with any of those guitarists. You know what,
0: this this kind of shocks me. Well, maybe not so much because he was very young, obviously. He started out very young. And he probably didn't think much in terms of nerves no. you know it's
1: same as when we discussed Tomatito having to accompany Cameron for the first time he said you know if it was in later life he would have been so nervous so yes youth plays a big part in this
0: yeah well I will choose um, actually I can see that we can play the track that you would really want to Yeah. Un Mundo de Colores oh, that,
1: Buleria that is fantastic I mean and obviously one of his specialities is Bulerias so that, that would be absolutely wonderful. And I think it's it's Paco de Lucia, isn't it? On, on accompanying... Ernst
0: Tomacito? Well, what,
1: what a track. You can't
0: get them bigger than that. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, because we discussed all the great people that he's worked with, all the great guitarists, and we have made separate episodes on almost all of them now, I realise. What is his range or his specialty in music?
1: Well, he specialises in the gypsy cantis, mainly. I mean, obviously he can sing anything but his specialities is, as we said, the bulerias, tangos, cigarrilla. um he can do tanguillo, he can do Sevillanas because, obviously, coming from the Seville area. But you know, I think we have put him down mainly for tangos, rumba, mm. bulerías.
0: Yeah, and is it because of that? Because of this traditional, these very popular traditional genres, you decided to feature him on BBC Three?
1: Yeah, I mean, because you know what I'm like. I'm hardcore. Yeah. So the the program Mark was really was, always well. Uh, we had a great time because these programs were late at night. So you could really, you didn't have to play popular mm. flamenco. You could play the real hardcore stuff, and that was totally acceptable. In fact, that's what they wanted, really. You know, let's let's have some real let's flamenco. break up the routine. Yeah. And it's very, it's very funny actually because um, I was working with a with with, with a great uh, producer uh, Tony Sellers, and he started ma- ma- making these things with me. We went to went to Sevilla to record. We went everywhere as well as playing records, and and he said to me. Marco, it's incredible! Look at this post bag we've got. So there was all these letters, people saying this was great program and all like this, and mentioned or whatever. And he said, you know, we we spend thousands and thousands of pounds, you know, recording uh, operas and things like that, and we barely get a letter. And he said, we put this flamenco out late at night, and look at that. I know. Yeah.
0: Yes. But, but So so you just decided that this is... Because he was emerging then, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. And you decided to kind of pay him yeah. a tribute. Now, of
1: course, what we didn't know, Gallia, is that he would go on to produce the body of work that you've got in front of you. That's now, incredible. it's not a lot of LPs, because he had, had a bit of a break, but those are all... You know, he only makes a record when he's ready.
0: I think the latest one, the last one he did was 2018, which... In a way, it's not too long ago, but it's been five years, so we do hope that he... <laughs> Hello, Lolo. Oh, yeah. he's a fan. What would you choose in a, as, as a late-night track feel, in a way, from him?
1: Well, I mean, that's different. In terms of genre. In terms of genre. Well, um, well pass me over the, the LP we're going to talk about now, The Makende. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, let's choose something off that. The, and we, we can find something. Late night you want, yeah?
0: Well, something with the late night feel, I suppose. Well, I
1: think we should go for uh, the the Taranto. Oh,
0: thank you. (laughs) I would like to hear about his first release. Uh, Or actually, the release in 1992.
1: What he followed it up with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he followed it up with Macanday.
0: Macanday, what does that mean?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I only know of the legends of Macanday it's the name of, of, a, of a gypsy uh, artist non-professional who uh, came from Cadiz and he spent his time like many of these people ambulantes like the people in Morong there used to be a tradition of them they go around and in his case Macanday selling caramelos, sweets Aww. and presumably when he went around selling the sweets he would sing a bit Right. You know, to attract attention. And people were like, oh, Macanday's coming down. He's got his barrow full of sweets.
0: You told me that juicy people actually never do that. Uh, because we were watching a film where somebody was singing on the street. I think it's in the Tremil, where somebody was singing while they're walking on the streets. And you said, that
1: never ah, happens. No, you see, now that's an interesting thing. Yes, to actually sing on the street when you're doing nothing, that is a bit of a weird thing to do, mm. especially. But if you are one of these people, like, like the people in Morong, that used to actually sell... Uh, hardware and things like that that's totally acceptable Mm. because you're actually it's a bit like the the fish van when it comes honking the horn to let the people know that that the the, the fish van has arrived yeah so Mm. you sing particular songs and they think oh yeah mac and will have some sweets or the ice cream man man,
0: (laughs) okay well this is where i feel fandangos is more prominent isn't it
1: you want to play the, the fandangos in don't indeed? you think that will be more prominent? Yeah, here. okay. Have have you selected one from there then?
0: I haven't. We'll have to choose what would it let's be. Let's see if he's
1: got if he's if he's got a fandango on there. It'd be interesting. Let's have a look. My eyes are so bad now. Uh, let's have a look. No, not on that album, I'm afraid. Not on that album, no fandango.
0: Well, we'll just choose something that yeah. fits I, I think
1: we should go for the title track. Makande. Makande. Yeah. Actually, now you brought up Fandangar. We would probably go through all of those records. I'm not sure if he's done many Fandangas.
0: You don't think so? No. Oh,
1: like, well. Because he's more from the gypsy side of yeah. the, of the... Uh,
0: than the actual the, commercial yeah. side. But um, talking about commercial, 96 was a big year because he signs up with Nuevos Medios. Yeah, the course, record label.
1: The record label, the one invented or launched by the man who from Madrid, who was living in London, who, as we discussed, was a designer, photographer, did all the great photos of Camarón that exist, like the one that's on La Lienda del Tiempo. And, yes, he signs for Pacheco, and they bring out... And then the, the, the albums start to get more um, trendy, is maybe the word to put, more fa- very fashionable, mm-hmm. with the modern trends. And he brought out Mía Paolo uh, which you know I just love it and you can see from the cover he's moving from being a child really to being a young, a, man. A young man and you know from the teenager to the to the young yeah. man yeah? yeah and you can see from the design it's a it's a more of a connoisseurs sort of record it is yeah. it
0: really is and really inside I'm just looking at the genres we have a tangos yeah which we're going to play and we also have a tangio
1: yeah now the tangio, of course, comes from Cardiff, and has a totally different uh, rhythm to the tangos, yeah. which is in the four-four as opposed to six. But he,
0: he's tried pretty much every single uh, genre. Yeah, there. But you
1: probably didn't know this: that a can also be a lovely little cake that you get in a, in oh. the window of a cake shop. Do
0: not tempt me, yeah. so, uh, but you have a favorite, and that's the first track.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that um, I think we're going to go for the tangos, La Nina del Canastero. Uh, which is lovely. Obviously, Canastero is a is a basket maker, so he's he's doing a very uh, gypsy style, and he's given it a very gypsy title. Um, and you know, when that record came out in '96, that was, you know, on my I wouldn't say on my deck because it's that one's a CD, but it was in my CD player mm. all the time. In fact, I think I remember going to once to do a recording uh, for the BBC and got to London and opened up that and then realised that I'd left the CD actually in my own CD player. <laughs> now, of course, with this uh, modern way that you do things, that wouldn't have been a problem, would it? Because you would just find the track.
0: We're just fine, we stream and all that. And I feel this is where, you know, the, the new kind of wave comes through. I mean, 99, only three years later, he releases a groundbreaking album, you say for
1: yeah. Nuevos Medios. Yeah. yeah, again, I mean, look at look at the cover. You can see it's becoming even more sophisticated. Yeah. Ultimo Cantayor.
0: Well, that, that scares me a little bit because you've told me never to say the word Ultimo. Or no, ultimo.
1: well, yes. This is, is there always the penultimo?
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a trendy title and you can see that he's taking on the, the stature of quite a great artist. The graphics are very posh. You know, it's not the typical-looking uh, flamenco album. It, it's got yeah. a different feel to it altogether.
0: It, it does have a different feel to it. And I, I could see one single Fandango.
1: Oh, so you found a Fandango. One
0: single Barrio Alto. Yes, yeah. no. uh, It's worth to say, before we choose a track, that Pochito was very much seen as a follower of Camarón,
1: wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, he is a Camronel. Uh, he sings very much in the style of Camarong. And if you go on online to the various sites where you can look up uh, footage, you can see your confined footage of Camarón in the presence of a very, very young Portito. Yeah. And Portito's performing. This is probably well before he was 14 to make that record. Right. This is well before that. And Camarong is sat down on a bench uh, over on the left and he's looking at him really intently. Watching everything about him because Portito worshipped Camarón. You know, Camarón would be a great inspiration to him.
0: Did he spoke about him in interviews and all that?
1: A lot, yes, yeah, yeah. And he's dedicated lots of his music to to Camarón. To him,
0: yeah. well, in that case, I think the bullería is the only one we uh, can play.
1: The bullerías, clavas.
0: Well, we're really moving on to modern times in a way because um, we're going to discuss two thousand and six. Yeah. And we talked about Barrio Alto, which is a Fandango,
1: market. Yeah, now if you look at that, you get a totally different approach because mm. he's moved onto Sony Records.
0: Yeah, and that's, so, a that's a big thing. That's a big thing, yeah. 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 So
1: they, it's a very different label to Nuevos Medios, which became a home to lots of flamenco artists. This is, as you say, the big time, yeah? The,
0: yeah, does that mean his music changes?
1: No, not really. It's very sophisticated, but no, it's very pure. Mm. Um, it's a beautiful cover. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's probably in his 30s at this point yeah. or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and we have... We don't have any more listed what kind of um, genre the music is because it's probably not the way... Yeah. Well, it's these, probably tucked
1: inside, maybe. Somewhere, maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They started to move away from putting that. Um, I think they felt, in a way, when, when you put all the, the different canty styles, it can put people off because simply because they don't... Lots of people buy these things, but they're not expected to know all of flamenco. Yeah, but well, they, you know, they will learn it through them. No, people just put these things on. Mm-hmm. They don't want to learn, just enjoy it.
0: Now, what's the story behind this album? Because uh, he is kind of taking a church.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did get uh, involved, or is involved, I presume, with the evangelical church. And on this album, he does thank uh, the church of San Juan, Farashi. Mm. Um, obviously, maybe part of it was, re- was recorded there, or he wanted to th- give his thanks for their support to him. Um, and what 's interesting about this is something we haven't talked about mm. in the accompanying we've looked at uh, we 've looked at the anvil, how you can count the, the beats by hitting the blacksmith's anvil. Um, we 've talked about the kahong, the box that people sit on and do it. we talked about the guitar. Uh, the tinaja, great big clay pot that one can play as a rhythm, but here we get the 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 knuckles. Mm. Okay, so in the chat that we're going to play, the
0: ultimate instrument.
1: Well, is it, it, the knuckle. It, it could be, it could be, and um, well, yeah, in a way, because if you think about it, flamenco evolved before the guitar entered it, so people would be on their own, probably with the normally they sit round a table, exactly, and. One person would have a glass of sherry and just start with mm-hmm. their knuckles, mm-hmm. counting a beat, and then Potito or whoever would, would come in and be able to sing perfectly in tune in time, not needing a guitar. So what I think, you know, a, a track we could hear, it's a soliar and you can tell from the title that, again, he is also referring to the, the gypsy lifestyle of the Fragwa, the forge, but he says, Tio monche and that means... Monkey is the, is the uh, surname of, of Cameroon, okay. So he's saying, you know, Uncle, Uncle Cameron we presume there.
0: For our listeners on Spotify, if I could find this track, I will include it. If not, I will do my best to include a track from the album.
1: Yeah.
0: And really, really recent times. Yes,
1: 2018. now 2018. That, that was a Christmas present to me. Now, now, this is a weird one, isn't it? In the sense that this is a large-sized... Format not Obviously not the CD inside, Mm -hmm. but you can see that CDs have changed and become even more fashionable. Um, He's got a bit older here. As people do. As people do. (laughs) And he's obviously managed to, well, I'm I'm sure Vicente Amigo worships him, but he's managed to get Vicente Amigo to, like he had Pepe de de Lucia, to manage this project Mm -hmm. and sing on it. Uh, Sorry, uh, play the guitar on it. And you can see it's... It's a pretty serious piece of work. It does
0: look very serious. Yeah, and
1: you can see there's been a big gap between when he recorded the record before that.
0: Mm. Uh, Well, it's been years, yeah, it's been a lot of years, and um, what do you think he did during that time?
1: Well, I mean, I think he was involved in the church and and things like that. Mm, mm.
0: Well, Vicente Amigo, who we spoke about already, made an episode. So what
1: we're talking about is uh, Mi Encuentro. It's called, you know. And, yeah. uh, well, I mean, we, what should we play? Because he was, you know, Cameronero, I think you would like to hear me, Camaron.
0: And then, kind of to close the chapter, we're talking about kind of a mixed album called En Un Ratito.
1: Ratito. Mm. Yeah. Now, this... <laughs> this this is, is
0: not a Pochito album. No,
1: but he's got two or three key tracks on it. Mm. Um, it's one of my, my favourites. Uh, th- this, this one, you know, I, I looked for for a long time. It can be quite hard to find mm. in Umratito. And what it is, is it's, it's a massive contrast to all you've got in front of you. that are very hardcore studio albums.
0: This is a Gypsy album.
1: Well, this is, this is in recorded way. in a club.
0: Yeah, it's, a live, it's like a
1: live, yeah, mm. like a live. Thing.
0: Tell me about it, I'm interested, well, how do, where, what what club is it and how did it happen? Well, it's the
1: Candela Club in, in Madrid, and this is a place where um, there are performances, but also it's a place where many artists like to record their albums. So on this thing, you'll hear a very different Potito, you'll hear Potito singing amongst other artists, just naturally. Uh, with people accompanying me with with uh, Palmas and things like that and so it, it's I don't know sometimes I turn to these records because this is like when you go to a festival or you go down to the street and there's somebody in a cafe just rehearsing so this is natural you know it's all on the spot stuff and it's one of my favorite records and I, I don't know whether you're able to to find a, a little uh Track from this,
0: I'll, I'll do my best. Obviously, I, I do love the, the names of his tracks Camela Caneverales,
1: yeah,
0: and Consu Corales Blancos, yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, so, I, I would, but he's in very good company. Remedio Samaya is yeah. on it, Antonio Carmona,
1: yeah, they're all on there,
0: yeah. So, and yeah. so
1: that's something a suggestion for our listeners if you're visiting Madrid. Oh, yeah. Go go and find this club and uh, you'll see artists like, like Potito there. And I would recommend anyone, if you're absolutely a, a mad aficionado, try and find that record. It is possible, but it yeah. is it can be quite rare. Yeah, if I, not,
0: make the trip to Candela for some live Fiesta yeah, Flamenco.
1: Yeah. And let's celebrate uh, one of the great people that is keeping the tradition of Camarong alive.
0: Thank you very much for joining us on another episode. Where I learned so, it was very interesting for me to learn about somebody who I don't think I had heard before through my conversations with Marcos. But Puchito sounds like an absolute top artist, and it really, he really made an impression on the world of flamenco, on professionals in the world of flamenco, everyone, the who's who of the guitar world. All right. It was also nice to find out that there could be albums recorded live, um, especially in a club setting, which is quite interesting. I will try as much as I can to link if I find the album, at least on YouTube, so you can have links to it and refer to it. But until the next time, whether you listen to, play or learn about flamenco, remember to always follow the beat.